Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. Hello, you pet stylist. You found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hey, Susie. So glad to be here and talking with you today. What's up? Spring is here, the grass is riz, I wonder where the birdies is, and right on cue, there he is. <laughs> Welcome to episode 367 of the Groom Pod, recorded on March 12th, 2023, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groom More Stasco, and Huckleberry Pie. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys would like to support us, you can do so at our website, thegroompod.com, and use either the donation button for a one-time donation or the Patreon button, or click through our Chewy link, because that works also. What's new this week is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Barbara, you might be curious what we're talking about since I completely spaced out mentioning it before that ad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's on the agenda? What's on our plate? Oh, we've got a fun topic for topic number one. It's sticky icky poo. Sticky icky poo. (laughs) And our Barbara's classroom this week is a lab study versus clinical trial. What's the difference? It's going to be interesting and fun, and I'm excited to be here. And Barbara, I fixed my bathing beauty. I fixed it. I didn't know it wasn't working for you. Well, dear Curtis. Guess what? <laughs> yes. Curtis, our uh, Hanvey specialty engineering engineer, was working with me because he thought perhaps the seal was gone on the inside because I shouldn't have to fill it past the side vents. Right? Uh, Remember I was saying? Right. Yeah. So the deal is I don't have to fill it past the side vents as long as I have enough power so that the power surge will kick the pump on. So it wasn't not sucking because it wasn't having water in it. It was not sucking because the power surge was too much if I had my water heater on at the same time as I kicked the bathing beauty on. Uh. Yeah, so I was at a mobile stop and I figured it out. And I thought, hey, this is only happening with the generator, but it doesn't happen at the house. What could it possibly be? It's the intermittent power of a generator isn't kicking it on if I've got other things on in the trailer. So hallelujah, my bathing beauty operates on almost no water at all. It's amazing. Well, that as it should be. (laughs) Yes, yeah, I knew something was funny, but he thought it was a seal and... 
I got this just light bulb came on on top of my head. I even saw it. I swear there was a light bulb up there that went bing. It's a power issue. So no more issues with that. And um, the super secret special nozzle that he's given us that I've been using, I find it really useful uh, in its new neat and unique pattern. But apparently... It's not even the finished product. It's just a prototype, and there is more evolution to come. So, guys, stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. I've been driving around doing nail trims, just nail trims. You know, that might be a good retirement for me. I'm telling you, $35, 40 each stop. It takes me less than a half an hour. You know, that's some really good money. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good yeah so I had three in a row and I thought oh this will be great I'll be done so early oh no I talk way more (laughs) way more time chatting with people that I don't see as often as I do my regular grooming clients so I ended up just as late as always but it really is low pressure low output kind of grooming to just run around doing nail trims and I know there are some people that do that but hey I'm not going to turn it down. From now on, anybody who wants me to stop by and do a nail trim, I'll work you in as long as I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Sounds good. And our friend, do you remember Lynn who lived in Seattle for a little while and then she moved to South Carolina and now she lives very close to like the Hanvey place. She's like 25 minutes from there. She was asking this morning on the GroomPod discussion group what our favorite shampoos were. So I figured I would just describe what I have in my shampoo caddy which I understand is a little extreme. I have a lot more shampoo than most people would probably carry. My favorite shampoo, my everyday shampoo, the shampoo I go to if I don't feel like there's an additional issue, is Best Shot One Shot Deodorizing Shampoo. I love it. I like the way it works. I like that I can vary its strength. And it always does really well for those kind of yeasty stinky faces and so I use that for my go-to the other one that from best shot that I couldn't possibly ever live without is the best shot whitener and I didn't even think it worked at first I don't know where I got the idea that I had to have some seriously blue color in there to make the dogs white but optical oh look it it's what I use I use best shot one shot whitener on my own hair and it's part of what gets me the all the compliments at the supermarket <laughs> i practically need sunglasses to look at barbara's head she is not kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's because there's sun coming in my damn sunroof <laughs> oh that must be nice <laughs> well i i always use that if i if it's a white dog or a dog that has primarily white patches on it i will go to that over the deodorizing it's interesting to see how your own psychology stopped you from valuing the product, appreciating the product. And I think that's happened at my shop too, because I like the best shot whitener way better than Dave does. Well, you know what, to tell you the truth, what we use as my go- our go-to is show season bright, which is kind of the show season version of the best shot whitener it's got some blue in it but it's really working with optical brighteners you know the difference between the two that i find what it's the foam the best shot product does not have as much foam as the show season product does but boy they both whiten fantastically i mean seriously good stuff then i have 
a clarifying shampoo, actually more like four clarifying shampoos. I have clean, I have <laughs> down and dirty, I have clarify, and I have grime time. I have show season apple cider vinegar. I have show season clarify. I have grime time. And I think I have an eye groom. Okay, so I don't feel so bad about that. I do like my deep cleaners. I use them uh, with those dirty street dogs, kind of farm dog kind of situations. And yeah, I like that very much. I do have a conditioning shampoo right now. I think it's the honey shampoo, but I always like to have one of those. Just a nice conditioning shampoo. What do you use for your conditioning shampoo? Probably the honey, right? Or Amino Flex? I, I, I'm not crazy about the Amino Flex. Dave likes it a lot, but I'm not crazy about it. I use various things and a shot. Oh, okay. A shot being a shot of diluted Best Shot, the Max. So we do bright and a shot. We do apple cider vinegar and a shot. I mix and match Best Shot and Show Season products. They play well together. And I also have Best Shot sentiments in the smaller bottles and the, the matching conditioner because I like that. What are you using now? Lemon vanilla. I've got lemon vanilla I've got the mango one, I've got the orchid one, and I have the lemon conditioner, I have the lavender conditioner, and I have the cucumber conditioner. So I do have those as well. You wonder, I've got an 8 by 10 trailer. Where do I put all this shampoo? And I have the show season True Tearless, and the Show Season Hypo Conditioner. Bing. I wouldn't be without it. As a matter of fact, we have a new Show Season ad. I think I'm going to play it right now so everybody can hear it <laughs> right as we're talking about shampoos because it makes sense. So here you go. Here's our brand new Show Season ad. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to Show Season. Show Season True Tearless Shampoo and Hypo Conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance-free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. All right. You like it? Is All it right. I do. Yeah, you managed to make me sound pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, I'm glad I kind of didn't like the energy that I projected in my original version of that. So this is an improvement. I'm Thank you, Susie. Thanks for letting me fix it. Absolutely. <laughs> so what was new with you this week? I'm going to share this. And actually, you already know it because you're one of the people I called in the middle of the drama. But I had a huge, scary day with Marco, the 10-pound, 10-year-old Maltese. Okay, so here's the backstory. I went to a, a new CBD place owned by 
a man who uh, sort of specializes in CBD for controlling pain in older people or people with physical problems. And I got started on a couple of products from him. And in our conversation and him getting to know me and what my past was, he decided to gift me a square of THC chocolate edible. CBD products have trace, uh, if any, THC in them. They're just like THC free, so you don't get high. But the edible THC is lots of THC. And he told me I would only eat a quarter or a half of this at a time uh, because this is a pretty strong square of chocolate. I said, okay. So I brought it home. The next day, I was looking for the bag, the really, and he put it all in a gorgeous bag that little one of those little organza bags that pulls shut. And I put it aside after I used my things. And while I wasn't looking, maybe I was in the bathroom or something, Marco apparently got into that bag and ate the square of chocolate laced with 36 milligrams of THC. I didn't know that, but usually he's perching on the the concrete porch behind the back door of my studio and he's barking at the neighborhood. Well, he wasn't barking. He didn't bark hardly at all. And I go out there and he's just kind of sitting there like a statue. And I thought, well, he's on patrol, but no, he wasn't really paying attention to anything. And then I, I went into the house and did some things. And usually like he's just right there. Are you going to take me to work? Whatever, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't hanging out with me and I called him and he didn't come. He's got very good recall. And I called him again and he didn't come. And finally he came, but he was like bumping into the wall. That's no good. <laughs> yeah, he bumped into the wall and it's kind of like staggering. And I thought it was because broken the elastic on his top knot and it was like flopping in front of his eyes. So I picked him up to take him in the back and redo his top knot. And as I'm working on him, he's wincing away from my eye. He's like going blind dog that doesn't know, has no depth perception. And he's, he was just like jerking away and, and he couldn't judge where my hands were. And this was all very funny. And then he was still real wobbly. In fact, he was very wobbly. And I went out in the back porch and I looked and I noticed that there was some vomit there. And I thought, this dog is sick. And so I was late for work. I looked around and I noticed that I couldn't find the pretty bag of goodies from the CBD shop. And so I thought maybe he'd eaten that chocolate. And I took him to work and I put him in a crate. He couldn't even sit up straight. He's swaying back and forth, just back and forth and back and forth. And he is clearly not able to focus his eyes. He was on such a trip. Poor guy. He was very unhappy. He was not wagging his tail. It was not a fun trip. And so I started freaking out. Well, I freaked out almost all day, but I started trying to determine what I was going to do. 
I call poison control. They referred me to animal poison control or my vet. So I called my vet and vet tech says the vet is in surgery. We've got a day of surgery. We really can't take care of you today. But she helped me assess his vital signs. Fortunately for me, on that day, Marco has lost his bottom lower teeth. And so his little tongue sticks out. So I was able to look at the color of his tongue. And I noticed that he still had pink in his color. It was a little off, but not seriously so. So she said, check his gums. Oh, yeah, good point. I checked his gums. Whoops, he needs a dental. (laughs) Prize. Whoops, surprise. Uh, But he had color in his gums. They were not totally gray. They were reddish, you know, so she said, that's a good sign, but I would, um, I would get him seen. And I said, thank you. And I decided I called, uh, animal poison control who wants a hundred dollars to talk to you. It's not a free service, like regular emergency poison control, where they just start talking to you. No, you have to get out a credit card and give them a hundred bucks and then they'll hook you up with a vet that knows what he's talking about. And I said, I pass. And then I'm thinking, do I take him to vet emergency? So I said, I'm calling Susie. So I called Susie. So we talked it out and Susie told me about all the Pet she'd gotten high when back time. in the day. Oh my God! Back in the day, you know, I didn't really used to. I might. I I don't profess innocence, but this was way more than you know, blowing smoke in a dog's face. And it was edible. It was edible, and he ate a substantial amount. And there was chocolate involved. And there was chocolate, dark chocolate involved. I was so looking forward to that for today. <laughs> Actually, he's going to eat a little bit of that before we went on air. And I was thinking, be kind of happy today. <laughs> well, thanks, Marco. You saved everybody from my silliness. But oh. anyway, I, you know, I made a very, very difficult decision to see him through. Also, he vomited some more in the crate at the shop. And it was quite a bit. Enough that we had to really clean the crate out. So that was good. He was getting rid of stuff. And he was eating. Uh, <laughs> Yvonne was feeding him cheese crackers. And he was uh, eating those when he could find them. You know, you he couldn't just take it out of your hand because he couldn't judge. <laughs> he was messed up. Yeah. That poor boy. That poor boy was fucked up. <laughs> and uh, it was scary. I sweated bullets all day long. I checked on him every 15 minutes. We made him wake up. I mean, he took a nap, but he didn't want to take a nap right at first. The first three hours, he just sat there. He didn't even want to lie down. He just sat there and swayed and stared straight ahead. I imagine it was kind of like the first time I took acid which was very similar. I think, yeah, I think it was like that. Anytime I put my hand in like to pet him, he would jerk away, you know, and he was real jerky. But we kept talking to him and including him in the conversation because I didn't really want him to pass out. 
I wanted him to stay alert enough that I could judge what was going on with him. And it was only after about three or four hours that I let him take a nap. He was probably like, hey, lady, you're harsh in my buzz. Leave me alone. <laughs> That, you know, he wanted help. He, he, he did not like it. It was n not fun. It was not a happy high. He was one sick puppy. And uh, I never want to go through that again. Never, ever. This is the exact reason when people offer to drug their behavior cases for me. Oh, let me just give him some of his medication that he got from the vet. It'll make it better for grooming. I don't like that. Having been a drug user and pretty much dabbled in every possible drug out there, I know that the altered feeling you're feeling, this is for you guys who've never taken a drug, which I know there's a lot of you out there. I, I hope. I yeah. hope it's still <laughs> drug-free people left. At least as a human, you know you're ingesting something that's going to alter your reality in a way that is unique. When you're an animal and you give them a medication that alters their reality, they don't know what's going on. And then to throw grooming stress on top of that, I just don't care for that. I would rather work with a dog fully unmedicated and all there and find what works for him than have it altered in any way, especially with some of the heavier drugs that they use for sometimes for grooming. The problem with grooming and drugs is you break past them. They give them the drugs and the dog is at home and like, oh yeah, he couldn't keep awake. The minute they get on the grooming table, they're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Having had my consultation with the CBD Hi, Randy. I am now reconsidering CBD for groomers. For the groomer or for the pet? For both. Okay. The groomer and for the pet. Because CBD alters the tension of the muscles, the inflammation that's going on behind the pain. And it is a relax and not an euphoric. I have probably five dogs that get CBD before they're grooming. Sometimes I can tell, sometimes I can't. Yeah. Yep. But I'm a proponent because it doesn't do anything bad. Show season has an approach that's interesting that I noticed because I went to show season CBD page on their website and they have tips for groomers and they suggest that if you're feeding the CBD, that you match it with the Mellow Pet Mist. So they're matching the aromatherapy with the CBD. That's interesting. That's a good way to go. Yeah, and uh, it's possible that I could create another aromatherapy blend that might be CBD friendly. Yeah. So anyway, I've got my little spark plugs are sparking on that. So that was my main event of my whole week. I mean, it kind of really absorbed my whole consciousness of the week. I don't remember anything else that I did <laughs> since we last talked. Because that was just like so consuming and it just left me feeling exhausted. I mean, I was so relieved, of course. I was so relieved, I was practically in tears, but I was just like so glad that I was able to make an educated decision. I, it was right on the line whether I should take and rush him to emergency. It's a thousand dollars to walk in the door. For sure. You know, when you go, and I just don't have that. 
and I would rather spend the thousand dollars on his dental. And what what they would have done is just like made him vomit. Well, I knew that he had had two good vomits, so it was a very mindful. <laughs> It was a it was a full of my mind decision, <laughs> and I'm so glad that I had you, Susie, to call and uh, discuss it with, so that I didn't have to pretend to know more than I did or less. <laughs> it definitely helps you work through the potential of what's going to happen if you've got somebody that has my kind of experience in that area, and the vet area too. The only thing that I didn't know that I would have liked to have known is what could he exhibit that would make me know that I needed to take him like right now? What would be his next step? I think unresponsiveness and lethargy. Lethargy, you have some lethargy, but when you get to unresponsiveness, and I don't mean just, whoa, bad trip unresponsiveness. I mean, you know, you yell at him and he doesn't even look at you. And that's why I would keep going to his crate every 15 minutes and speaking to him and at least putting my hand in the cage, even though he might jerk away from it. That was a response, you know? Yes. Even jerking away from my hand in the crate was a response. And that's why I didn't want to let him take a nap until I knew he it was on the downside. So anyway, everybody... Don't let them get into your edibles. <laughs> it's, real, it's, it's really too hard on your heart. Absolutely. <laughs> Just awful. I have another news to report. Oh, good. On a different topic. Okay. Well, you know, hang on a I, second. Let me just sneak another ad in right now. Okay, let's do that. Chris Bear Anthony visiting the groom pod again. Okay, so you know I love my evolution swivel shears. And you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. I think that there's a shortage of sharpeners. Oh, there is. Yeah, absolutely. Worldwide. And they are master sharpeners at Evolution Shears, so I definitely recommend uh, trying that out. Cool. Okay, what was your other thing? We're at the table now. Yeah, at the table. Good news, bad news about iGroom. Ooh, hang okay. on. That gets a... Okay, so we'll remember that several months ago, I got concerned about what was going on with the iGroom products. And this goes back to 2021, even. People were complaining that the products didn't seem to be the same and that the ingredient list went from being very kind of clear and transparent to being very dodgy and generic and what we call descriptive, gentle surfactants, uh proprietary conditioning mix and stuff like that. And people were feeling uncomfortable. So I had a, a long talk 
with Jennifer Lee, who told me that she wasn't as directly involved in the company anymore. Because one of the things that, let me tell you, one of the things that happened with Jennifer Lee and iGroom was that Jennifer and her husband, Alex, created iGroom and it took off like gangbusters. And they ended up with like 20 iGroom representatives in 26 countries and this huge going on that they were still the two of them basically managing and that consumed their lives. Yeah, I can imagine. And took a toll on Jennifer's health, you know, and there was parts of the process that she loved creating her products marketing her products, but she really didn't like the Facebook interaction and the day-to-day presenting and answering questions and dealing with clients and all of that. She wanted to be more in the creative side. And the whole manufacturing and distributing and shipping out products, they were doing it all with them by themselves with a small little staff. And in essence, they created an elephant they could not ride. That's one of my favorite expressions because I've been there, done that. (laughs) Um, They created an elephant they could not ride. And so when they were approached by Nexus Brands Company, they allowed themselves to merger with the company. And the company is one that uh, mergers with small companies and it helps them manage and market and they still maintain a degree of independence within the, the so-called family. I got an idea that the product ingredients had changed. And it was very hard to track that down because the ingredient information had gotten shaded, was cloaked. And I couldn't really tell what was going on. And I was about to throw them under the bus. And I talked to Jennifer and she said, would you be satisfied if we listed our ingredients on the website? And that way, if there were changes in the distribution or in our in our sourcing of our ingredients and we had to change something in a formula, we could just put it on the website and not have it on. Uh, it's very hard, really, to change the labeling of bottles because in order to make it not so expensive, you've got to print a shitload of labels. It's very much like business cards. You put your stuff on your business cards, you have them for X amount of time because you buy like 10 boxes of them. Then all of a sudden you go certify as a master groomer behavior specialist, but you've got so many cards, you have to use them up. Just like labels, you've got to use them up before you go printing new labels. Yeah, yeah. So the labeling and all of that was a whole part of the stress that Jennifer was going through. So... I said, yeah, that would work for me. And she even talked about maybe having a, um, a what are those QR code things on the bottles? We kind of left it at that and she didn't get back to me. And, and I have, meanwhile, since I didn't hear from her, I have been kind of preparing for battle. <laughs> yeah, preparing for a little battle, for preparing to uh, slam dunk them, okay? Okay. Because you know how I am about ingredients. That's the most important thing. And then if groomers are saying, I think the product has changed and I couldn't identify how or what, 
that was uncomfortable for me. And I just like lost my trust in the products. Well, the good news is that in collecting information from their website to use in my attack on their company, I discovered that they put the ingredients on there. And they're pretty accurate. There's a little bit of eh, going on, but not to any significant extent. I always wondered if it was supply chain issues on the labels, because I know that Best Shot had some difficulty getting certain ingredients. And when they printed their labels, they didn't want to print the labels with the stuff they were using because that wasn't the regular stuff. So they held off and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing went on. That was a whole part of it. So the good news is that there's ingredients listed on the website. And I was so excited. And the bad news is that, yes, there have been changes in ingredients. <laughs> So I can tell what happened. Do you want my detective intuition, my detective summary on what happened? Dun 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 Yes, go for it. Come on! Go for it. Oh, you cracked me up. So what seems to have happened is their new management people, Nexus Brands, etc., have reformulated many of the product to be more profitable. Oh, Patty! Because <laughs> I'm on a roll. <laughs> the goodies, the, the the unique ingredients that. Jennifer and her formulator had included in the original lineup of products were rather costly. I mean, extremely so. I was not surprised that at some point they would take another look at their ingredients and say, do we really need four different proteins in this shampoo? I always thought it was a little bit over the top. But we loved the products. And one of the reasons that we loved them is that they had some very cutting edge new ingredients in there. Most of those delicious ingredients, delicious to my mind, ingredients have disappeared. And I can tell that they have done the best they could to make the product have the same functioning as before but of course it's not going to be quite the same and one of the things that got lost was the vegetable protein ingredient i noticed it was missing from the charcoal keratin and from the um detangler both of those two products have changed drastically and have been just like cut down to half of the number of ingredients but you should you have do you really need to have 26 ingredients in a pet shampoo probably not but that's what made it quote a luxury product line and that luxury was one of their brand images and what's happened now is that their products now look more like other pet grooming products. 
less like human beauty products, right? Less special, less of that uniqueness that iGroom brought. Like the pea protein is gone. That was an innovative product. The pea protein slash silicone ingredient in the original detangler spray, the detangling spray, they had the pea protein slash PG cilantriol, which is a silicone. So it was, was this unique engineered natural silicone combined ingredient in one molecule. They had combined the vegetable and the silicone. How is that? That is so freaking state of the art. And it's become a common ingredient in many human hair top shelf products because it does protect the hair from the heat styling damage that can happen, protect it from heat. And we use a lot of heat. We use heat when we dry often to straighten the hair. Yeah, when we straighten the hair. And so that ingredient is gone. And it has to be because it was expensive. And the mixed vegetable, which is not like peas and carrots, but it's like vegetable source proteins, is gone. And that was a protein ingredient that had small and large size molecules together so that it penetrated skin and it penetrated into hair cuticle into the inner reaches of the hair shaft and gave moisturizer and strength inside the hair shaft as well as protection on the top from the larger molecules. That ingredient is gone. And that was one of those ingredients that was friendly because it was not an animal protein. Instead, it's a vegetable protein. Yeah, it was. So the interesting thing to me, though, is that in the detangling spray, they now have a fairly brilliant amodimethicone emulsion. It's got amodimethicone, cetrimonium chloride, and tridesseth 12 together as a amodimethicone emulsion. And it's providing almost all the benefits of the product. So they've gone to a primary amodimethicone, a silicone. They've gone from having barely a silicone in there, a silicone paired with a protein, to having really no proteins, but a state-of-the-art silicone emulsion, amodimethicone, no buildup. So I would probably like this better. As you know, I like having a silicone there. Better living through science. Better living through science. But it's not the same. It's really different. So it kind of depends on the product. They kind of went through their lineup of products and looked at where the excessive expense was and switched them out with more practical, affordable ingredients. Well, that's a bummer. It, it is kind of. It's not as unique as it started out to be. There you go. Okay, one more break, and we're going to talk about studies and science and all kinds of neat stuff. Hang tight, and we'll be right back. 
Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. And this time it's really time to get out your lab coat because we're talking about studies and stuff like that. Barbara, take over. Okay, so you sent me a link to a Pet Age magazine article about Scout's Honor probiotic product line who had been lab tested in a third party study that prove the efficacy of their probiotic magic ingredient in treating fungus and yeast. Well, it sounded really impressive. It was, and, and, and here's what it was. That was an article that was written by the company. <laughs> and placed in various places, including Pet Age Magazine and Pet Business Magazine. I saw the exact same article in Pet Business Magazine. This was back in 2021. And recently, someone forwarded us both that article. And I think they wanted to say, see, it's been proven Actually, to be effective. He wanted to know your opinion because he figured you didn't agree with it. And it was Wesley from Macers uh, who does all my blades. And he just sent it to both of us. And oh. he's just in general, he's a skeptic. So I feel like he sent it in a skeptical way. Okay, well then, good. Thanks, Wesley, because so am I. And the reason that I am is that, first of all, there's no name of the study there's no description of the study. There's no link to the study. Um, although it says, it says to, there's a link to the website where there says further information. Uh, well, yeah, there's more marketing information on the website. <laughs> but there's really no mention of the study. I looked all over it. I can't find the study on the website. So... This is a laboratory study and not a clinical study. The difference being a clinical study is usually a study of a completed product on a sample of living individuals that is going to use the product. And the laboratory study is an in vitro so we got in vivo and in vitro in vivo means in life in vitro means in the petri dish oh. so their active ingredient has been studied in the petri dish 
they took that single ingredient and they applied it to molds and whatever, and it created a response that would indicate that it was effective. But it was not the final product and it was not on live subjects. It was the first part of a scientific adventure. That's the first thing that you do, but you need to follow up a lab study with a clinical study. And I found a clinical study on oatmeal yeah. that used, uh, clinical studies can be on a few individuals or a few hundred, or in case of human stuff, maybe a few thousand, <laughs> but at least 10. And you can have a lab study that uses rats or mice. And there are, unfortunately, lab studies that use dogs and cats, but we don't even ever hear mention of it. And it's on the way out. That's why they liberated a whole bunch of laboratory-bred beagles to happy homes. I don't know if I would want to have a laboratory-bred beagle hound dog. We have a lot of them here. You do? Yeah, because we had a big lab here for a long time. It's like we have a lot of greyhounds here because we had a greyhound racing thing here for years. Yep. And we don't have that anymore either, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just want you to know that this conclusive proven efficacy is just really the beginning. And it's not even saying it's effective against atopic dermatitis, which is the worst problem. It's effective in the lab, in vitro, on yeast and mold, which are common skin problems in dogs, but not the whole story. And really is what suggests further study must be made. And even the one study I saw of, um, oh, it was a study of oatmeal, a clinical study of colloidal oatmeal on 10 dogs. A tiny sample. It's a tiny sample. The results were large enough to be measured, but actually they didn't do too much physical measurements. It was human subjects and they did it how it felt to the person that had the skin problem. You want to know who or what they included, who or what they discluded, they unincluded, they did not use, you know, like dogs with pre-existing other things, because in order to get a scientific result, you need to control the factors as much as possible with the only variable factor being your thing you're, you're testing. Clinical studies often don't have a control group. So they're just incomplete. It's incomplete. It's science, but it's just one step. And that just goes to show you how science works. Rarely does one study solve all the questions. It really raises more questions that need to be looked at. I can see that. So this article in Pet Age and Pet Business and that went around kind of looking to reassure potential vendors that this stuff really worked was not all that 
it seemed to be. Got it. So look for clinical results on dogs. You can look for clinical results on humans because we're similar, but narrowing that down even more, let's get clinical results on dogs and not just a mishmash, not just 10 dogs and they're 10 different breeds and different coat types, but maybe we would control the breed and the coat type or something. You know what I mean? Yep. I also think 10 is not a big survey. I think you really need to get a lot more. I always have thought that at least 50. Yeah, I agree. See, that's in my mind is 50 or more. Ta-da. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I hear that you received a blade in the mail. Oh, I want to thank Anita so much for sending me the eight and a half blade. I, did I talk about that? I must have talked about that. You mentioned it in passing. I mentioned it in passing that I was looking for an eight and a half blade and I didn't want to buy a brand new one because the prices just jumped so high and I use it on one dog. <laughs> I used this eight and a half blade just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Just yesterday on a poodle face, toy poodle, she wants a clean face, but she doesn't want to see the skin. Now, how do we do that? Yeah, good question. Voila, <laughs> eight and a half blade. It's really a good choice. Eight and a half blade in reverse. Just, Thanks, Anita. And I'm so grateful because you just like saved me a ton of money. And guess what? What? I already used that eight and a half blade for some uh, tummy work, you know, because her eight and a half blade is sharp. It really is. It's <laughs> it's working well. You got it, but you do have to be careful when you're using an eight and a half blade that you don't let it get dull, and then try to do underbelly work because it will just tend to pull the hair and actually cause a rash. And it can pull the skin right into the cutting blades because there's such space in there. Yeah, but I haven't ever had that. And you shouldn't ever jab or jam with an eight and a half. Yeah, be jamming. (laughs) (laughs) I am blessed because I have a pretty light touch. This is why it's so interesting that when I do a seven blade, it looks like Dave has done a five blade. And it just has to do with the difference of how we press in with our clippers, because I just don't use very much pressure. I skim and I just do lightly. I mean, although yesterday I did a Bedlington and I had to really work the five plate under it to try to leave him with some coat. Did it work? Oh, yeah. The I was so happy. I was actually almost happy that the dog had gotten too matted to do a full breed trim and scissor the legs and all of that because, hallelujah, I just took the whole dog down with a five blade. And then I did a lovely, somewhat reduced Bedlington head on him. And uh, they were thrilled. And I said, you know, I think you might like this more than you think (laughs) once you realize this is very appropriate for the desert. (laughs) It's one thing to see a haircut. It's another thing to live with it. So once they live with it for a while, you might be right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Remember to support our sponsors. And happy grooming, everyone. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Happy spring. Take care of yourself. Next time we'll talk about allergies. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye.